And we're back again. Last one of the year, I think, because it is December 30th today. Yeah. I think that's today, right? Yeah. New Year's Eve hey, is Paul. two hey, hours Nathan. away. Whoa. So, hey, Meowth. Welcome oh, yeah. to the show. It skipped, a, it skipped a little bit ahead. It wasn't okay. supposed to do that. Not yet. We'll get to you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, we will, because I think she sent four or five. Four. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get to those. Meowth hour will happen. But for now, the year's over. It's done. There's nothing left to do ever. Yeah, 2013 so. has happened. You can mm-hmm. just unwind now. Just kick back, relax. The The worst year of the 21st century thus far is behind us. It so. was actually pretty bad. I have a list of some of the bigger names of people, like names people might recognize. People okay. That died. So we'll go through that at some point. Just look back mm-hmm. at the year, the year of tears, and just kind of right. deal with, you know, just li- bring it up again. Just one last time. Just kind of take that load off your back and just set it down here and move on into 2014. Uh, right. Pixel response. We're part of the healing process. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, I don't know. What do you want to kick off with? Like, what's the, what's the first thing we should delve into? Let's... Let's talk about a quick recap of games of the year, maybe, because you okay. and I haven't talked to each other about them. Right, but we yes. both kind of independently did a kind of catalog of that stuff. Man, I'm going to try to think. I, I, I honestly need to bring up my list because, like, some of the numbering gets a little fuzzy. Uh, but OK, like go, we, go. We won't go in depth about it because there are other places where we have. I'm sure I haven't listened to your guys's thing yet. Yeah, uh, Top Down Perspective is another podcast I'm on, so uh, that episode hasn't gone up yet, actually. So this is a sneak peek for those live li- listeners as to what's going to Even happen. though, like, most of them were probably <laughs> Yeah, I guess live. if you saw the YouTube video thing, I guess that's up already. So never mind. But for you audio-only Top Down people who are here for some reason, this is this is going to be cool. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we just go back and forth, do the thing, like 10, 9, 8? Yeah, we'll just very, very uh, quick, I guess. Okay, let's go. Go ahead, you start. All right, number 10, State of Decay. Okay, I could see that. that I know it's on that's your list. High, it's higher up on my list. Not, my number 10 was Saints Row 4. Okay, my yeah. number eight was Saints Row Four, so there you go. Okay, yeah. Um, what was the your reason why? 10? The reason why um my Saints Row Four wasn't higher up is because I haven't played enough of it yet. I don't think. I think that's kind of why State of Decay is a little lower for me because I put like a dozen hours in, but I haven't like beaten it or anything. So I felt sure. a little about giving too much credit. Like maybe it falls apart at some point, but. It just kicked off really well, and I really like what it's doing with an open world framework. So I was uh, pretty, pretty into that game. So yeah, uh, what was your uh, tenth spot? Saints Row. You said that already. Yeah, Number yeah. Nine. I just said. No, gone home. I, I, okay, Gone Home was my number seven. The only reason why I even put Gone Home on there is because it made me play a different sort of game. Essentially, yeah, and 
It was, it was and just kind of like going through somebody's house and their shit is kind of fun. So yeah, that's like, basically I it. Kind of poke around someone's house. So cool. And I guess for me, I really like the dad storyline, like the author thing that kind of clicked with me a bit. So I was kind of like, oh man, this is kind of cool. Finding the story this way and kind of seeing how this plays out was kind of in. in I was invested in that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's like a one shot thing, which is kind of also a bit of a drawback. Like you get that intimate, detailed experience one time, and then you're kind of probably never going to play it again. Like they put the commentary in there, which kind of helped me revisit it, but it's it's done now. Which like it, it doesn't help that it's twenty bucks and it does that too. Yeah, that's, I mean it's like that's a five, high price, like on Steam sales and stuff now, like recently. Now, yeah, but uh, I don't know if right now, but it recently. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was like with game, like you know, with other media, you could say that too. It's like, well, I'll never be able to read this book or see this movie for the first time. But something about games, like I just expect more shelf life, you know, like more time yeah. out of them. Usually, just as a medium, that is usually like that's just given so like that or some sort of challenge that keeps you coming back and trying to get better at it and this hasn't has none of that it's just kind of a cakewalk you just walk through that house and the story will happen and then you have seen that whole game so yeah um what about your number nine my number nine was super mario 3d world okay that might uh, that might have made my list just from videos i've seen of it but i don't have any way to play it so it didn't yeah, um, I, I I had like I had one really great day with that game. Like I haven't really gone back to it much. That's kind of why it isn't higher on the list. Like there there might be more stuff to be had in there, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's cool. It's a it's a great Mario game. So that was that. Uh, my number eight was Saints Row. So what was yours? Uh, Path of Exile. I haven't played that. That's like the free to play Diablo thing, right? Yeah, it is. So right. that was number eight. I mean, I I guess I should say I did a six or seven hour stream where I went through all of these, played a little bit of each game after I did a description of why I liked it. Yeah. So there's like you can do that or you can read about it, about reasons why I liked it. Basically, it's a Diablo 2 clone that does enough differently that it warrants like its own like title I guess like it's not just like a torchlight 2 or torchlight which was just like Diablo 2 a little cartoonier though yeah this is like we took the basic idea of what Blizzard did with the Diablo series specifically in Diablo 2 and then we went a kind of different way with it but it's still very solid and they do a lot of cool stuff in it so uh, it caters more to a hardcore crowd though like, you have to kind of know what you're doing or, like, at least want to learn what you're doing in wiki stuff and whatnot. Oh, like, and, there's no tutorial kind of stuff that just expects you to know what's up? Yeah, and the sphere grid. Like, do you remember the sphere grid from um, Final Fantasy X or X? Yeah, I fucked up on that thing real bad and had to, like, okay. grind my way on you know how that? You know how that is a huge grid, but it, it has all of the characters in it? Yeah. Yeah, the, like, passive skill grid in this game is about two to three times that big for one character. All right. It's crazy. It is, <sighs> and you can really fuck up. There's no way to, like, reskill. 
or anything. <laughs> so you can mess up pretty badly. Oh. That sounds intense, but okay. Like, I guess to Diablo veterans, there is uh, awesomeness to be had. So cool. Um, Your number is it? Number seven of Saints Row. Uh, no, wait. No. Call of War is Gunslinger. Oh, no, sorry. Number seven was Gone Home. So, yeah, we already talked about it. Call of Juarez. Yeah, that was uh, on my honorable mentions list. I think it was number 12, technically, mm-hmm. looking at this page. Uh, I really liked it, but it was just kind of like I played it long enough ago that it was kind of like, yeah, I had like a fun six, seven hours with that. But then I kind of like got over it. Like I like the narration and stuff. Like I thought they did storytelling pretty well. But um, I don't know. What was it that stood out about it to to you? Paul. That it was a first-person shooter that doesn't deal with terrorists and Afghanistan in some way, primarily. Yeah. And the way they tell the story is just great. Like, it was just a really fun time. So, Yeah, light, that, light, that's nice it. light tone. High adventure stuff. Yeah, it's cool. For sure. Um, yep. Number six for me was Year Walk. Uh, did you play that? Yeah. Did you ever get around to playing I, I have no way to. No. Okay, it's coming to PC soon. So I recommend checking it out. It's a it's a pretty cool adventure game, horror game thing. Uh, And really, the last part of that game was what put it over the top. Like, I was like having a decent time kind of solving these touch puzzles and stuff like they were pretty creative. But the way they kind of like involve the player in the story in the final act of that game was just like, oh, man, that was so clever like that. That was really cool. So, yeah, it involves a lot of reading which I think might have kind of influenced their design on device six. I haven't played enough of that game yet. That That's their latest thing. But yeah, Samogo, they did some uh, pretty sweet stuff on that one. So number six. Yep. <laughs> uh, my number six was state of decay, which we discussed a little bit. It's just a good zombie game. How much good, of it have sur- you gotten gotten into? Um, I'm not really sure. Probably about four hours on your account, but then something happened and got screwy, so I lost all of that progress and started again, and I'm about the same place where I left off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yep, there's that. Number five for me was Papers, Please. Okay, that was my number two. Okay. I really liked it. Although... It's really good. It's really good. I like how the mechanics and the story are just perfectly woven together. Like, it's just kind of like you doing stuff, like kind of has it just this tense kind of political story just kind of happens through that. Um, and your little window there and seeing all these characters and kind of the state of the world and stuff is presented to you in a pretty like clever way. I think my issue with it was just like, I want to see more endings but it's at a point now where it is just tedious to see them, not cool, fun, clever, tedious. Like the gameplay yeah. is kind of like, you know, sorting through all these documents and kind of cross checking stuff. And like your bosses are always kind of keeping an eye on you and you're getting these citations and all this stuff. Like it's tense and tedious in a work way. But now it's just kind of like, all right, well, I know how to do this day well, and I'm trying to do that but I'm trying to figure out where is the story branch point in this day. And I'm like, just kind of hitting dead ends a lot and replaying stuff for no reason. And it's getting kind of frustrating. So, I mean, I could look at a fact, I guess, but 
something about the way that that game kind of has more content than it knows what to do with me. I don't know. It, it kind of it like the reason I'm kind of explaining why I'm like detracting from it is because like it was almost my game of the year. But reflecting yeah. back on it, it just kind of the reason I stopped investigating more nooks and crannies is like I got worn out. But I, I still find it really, really clever and the style and like the one man kind of clever design of it and everything like it's pretty awesome. But yeah, sorry. How, how do you feel about it? it? it it's just a different experience and that was enough for me really same reason kind of gone home was on here where it's just like oh this is different i think i could get behind this but yeah yeah no not a lot of border patrol simulators out there so no there should be maybe (laughs) maybe uh number four was bioshock infinite yeah it didn't really make the cut for me as it turned out but I had a good time. It was a, it was a fun adventure, but what was yep, it that it was. made it last for you? Like, what was it that uh, the extra special something? It's just a Bioshock game, like really satisfying combat scenarios when you can like use your weird magic powers and guns and do weird stuff like that. The thing, the reason it doesn't rank higher is because there's just too many parts where it was just like dumping bullets into dudes for a long time when that isn't the draw of that game at all. Yeah. And, uh, a game like that with like a whole bunch of different, like very vibrant colors. The world's great. Like there's just a bunch of really good things about it. The story, even though like you can go back and pick it apart and realize it's kind of garbage in a lot of ways, it still helped me and it's still okay. So whatever. But yeah, that's it. It was just a good game. I guess, like, just the level of polish in it was pretty incredible, too. Why are you staring into my soul? Sorry, I'm looking at... I'm trying to catch up with the chat. A lot of chatting has been happening, and I, I missed a bunch of it. Um, okay. No, I... Yeah. Bioshock. Infinite. It's Infinite. Okay. Yeah. It is. Uh, Number four uh, for me was Link Between Worlds, the Zelda game. Yeah, that didn't rank on my thing at all, but I really like that would be an honorable mention for me. Okay, Uh, I just I like how they kind of got running like they got that thing moving pretty quick, pretty quickly compared to other recent Zelda games. And I like the two world conceit, like the way they kind of have other versions of characters from it's like, hey, Hilda. Like, I thought that was kind of funny, but I liked it. It was like endearing, like low rule. Like that is really lame, but I thought it was kind of great. So the, yeah, just the a- best thing about that game is that they could basically redo Link to the Past and not fuck it up and make it yeah. maybe better even like that's huge. I mean, I, I just don't have that kind of nostalgia for Link to the Past, really. Like, I, I, I don't either. Really. Kind of late, so. I finished it and everything. It's just, I don't know that kind of freedom to just be like, there's like seven dungeons. You're going to need to go to them, but it's kind of up to you. Like how you want to approach that? Like it just kind of made it. So there's so many, like there's so few, Oh, I shouldn't be exploring here yet. Like that doesn't happen. You know, like you don't hit a brick wall and it's just like, yeah, sorry. You're going to have to go do something else first. Like, it's just like, no, whatever, just figure this out. And you're like, okay. And you can get to that dungeon and totally do it. And, I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. Um, like I, I, I 
intend to play that through again on the second quest, and I haven't done that in a long time. So it's it's that good. It's that slick for a Zelda title. I thought it was pretty. It awesome. is really good. Number three, top three. These are the ones. These are the games. I guess we already yeah. talked about Papers Please, but whatever. Okay. Year three. Spelunky. Oh, weird. That wasn't one. Okay, no. I'm excited to hear your number one now, so don't spoil that. I'm not okay. even going to read the chat until you tell me. Okay. Uh, Spelunky likes kind of a caveat because Daily Challenges, I thought, kind of reinvigorated that game for me. It was on my list last year at number five, I think. So it rose two spots. Good job, Derek. You next year, two more spots. Oh, maybe. What can you come up with? Maybe patch in up. more jetpacks. <laughs> maybe suggestion. maybe it would have went up those two spots if those that overlay was a little bit transparent. So yeah. See those arrow traps. Dude, semi-transparent HUD and more jetpacks. Number one next year, maybe. Could happen. I actually did a run just like an hour ago where I got a jetpack from a shop in like 2-1. Yeah. And I almost beat the game. Like, game changer. That, I know. It's that it's dumb. Like, that was kind of the turning point. Like I kind of got sour to Spelunky really recently. Like I didn't play it at all this week because it's just kind of like that realization of like most of the times I play this, I'm just going to meet defeat. And that sometimes my fault, but sometimes it just feels like, well, the game just literally never threw me a bone ever. Like this was just an uphill climb all the way. Of course it wasn't going to work out. And then every now and then it's just like, oh, no, there's a jetpack. Oh, there's a cape. You know, like it just kind of works out. So, I mean, Daily Challenge kind of evens the playing field in a way. Like it's just like, no, somebody somewhere was able to beat this with this layout, like these items. But I don't know. That luster kind of got dimmed a little bit. And then like my pursuit of the hell run just resulted in me kind of dying over and over and over and over and over and over too many times to kind of keep it up there at like this is almost the perfect game like now i'm kind of like i it's close like there's a few things that i want this to have but i don't know it's still just full of secrets and weird stuff and i got way better at it this year so i still really like it but yeah what was your number three rogue legacy oh wait how did i skip rogue legacy i don't know it's on my list that's, that was my number five. I just totally forgot to talk about it. But hey, okay. <laughs> here's an opportunity to talk about it. That was on my list, too. That game's great. That sure. was the best Castlevania game I've played in years. I probably agree with you. Yes. Yeah. I think um, my thing with it was it was uh, basically like Castlevania, metroid but like Spelunky at the same time in a lot of ways. Well, because it randomizes it, keeps it fresh, kind of. You never know what to expect. And yeah, just it kept me coming yeah. back for quite a while. I thought it was uh, pretty awesome. Thing is, though, like once I beat it, I felt like I beat it. You know, like I don't think there's like tons of secrets for me to unearth or whatever. Or like I don't, I'm not really interested in playing through it again to defeat the super boss or whatever. Like I'm just kind of like, no, I did it. I killed the four main things and then I killed the guy. Like yeah, like, I lost that save file, so I have to start again, and starting again reinvigorated my love for that game. So, okay. Because then it feels like, well, I gotta beat it again now. Or I get to beat it again now, I should say. 
and the generational thing is pretty cool and like the different character traits and all that like there's some there's some good ideas in there yeah it it was a cool game uh quite a while ago though i think that's kind of like an early 2013 gaming like love i had like i just got way pretty sure it was june okay june 27th yep oh weird because i looked it up because it was at my birthday that it came out Oh man, really? Yep. Because early, early this year was like DMC and Tomb Raider, and I wasn't excited about anything. So. I guess that was so. I was playing that just before the Dark Times hit in 2013. So, um, I mean, probably. I one of my things in the write up was even like Rogue Legacy hit kind of at a time where I was just like, kind of fuck indie guys, like indie devs. Yeah, because we had kept talking about stuff like receiver and whatnot, where it seems like everybody with a computer started making something and it was just and like giant bomb kind of brought up a cool point on their uh, end of the year discussions of like how much early access stuff is on Steam right now. Like, it's just like, oh, sweet. Oh, never mind. It's an early access game like that happens all the time Like it's in sale recently. It's just like, oh, what is this? Oh, never mind. It's not done yet. Like, I'll play that eventually. You know, like, that's just weird that that is so commonplace now. But, yeah, indie devs are kind of getting ahead of themselves, maybe, in a lot of cases. Like, it's just like, I got a good idea. All right, put it out. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You got to bake that thing first. You got to put it in the oven for a little bit. You know, like, I'll see you in a couple years, and then we'll we'll see. Don't just run out there and ask for money. It's kind of weird. Right. Anyway, uh, number two, number two. What's yours? I was papers, please, dude. Oh, right. OK. Uh, Dota. Dota two. Mm hmm. That claimed the most time, though, this year. Two hundred thirty seven hours or something. OK, that's like two Skyrim playthroughs. Or one full, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like two of my. That's basically the amount of time spent on Oblivion and Skyrim in Dota Two. But that's cool. That's cool. What you know? What are your thoughts on Dota Two now? Looking back on it, I still play it every now and then. I've been trying to more, but it's really good. Succinct. Um. You like people that haven't played it up to a point where they get decent at it won't understand. So that's fine. As you blow your nose. <laughs> Dota 2. Anyway, just messing with you. Um, we should probably yeah. say that you're sick. I, That's I am you're blowing sick, your so nose. I'm going to be yeah. muting and doing that a couple times. Uh, yeah, I've just never played it, so I can't really speak to whether or not it's the most genius thing that's happened to video games in a long time. I, I don't Fair know enough. that. So I, I won't. I don't know. Uh, number one time. Um, should, I first? should I go first? No, I will because mine's obvious. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Blizzard. <laughs> Tiny, tiny team kind of 
putting putting some cool ideas out there. Actually, the team that did that, yes, they are very tiny. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, card uh, game. It's a card game. <laughs> like I don't. It's it's a it's weird a one because it's in like, beta. So like, like we were just talking about early access and how that's kind of weird. What? Anyway, it's fun. Are you gonna I have give to it? Pay for it though. Like again next year, then when it comes out, are you gonna you know put it on your list again? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's very you can likely. Do that. As, that is like their precedents have been set. Like people are. You doing did that. it. It's been I did. done. It's true. I did. Uh, Greg Savin put Dota two on his list last year and this year. Brad Muir put it on his list twice this year. <laughs> so great. People are just doing weird stuff with that. So whatever. Yeah. Hearthstone. It is a card game. You, I saw a little bit of it at your place last time I was there. Um, there's like lightning and stuff, and I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like effects. I have Judgment or something, right? <laughs> I have that game. game. We could play that. We, we maybe should, because it's, it's kind of weird. Eye toy. It's got like a little playing. We should probably area. play it just as like a time capsule sort of thing. It's like, remember yeah. this thing, and then everybody will be like, no. And we'll be like, yeah, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, Sony tried to get ahead of this whole magic thing. Well, not really, because it was like 2007. But and they screwed yeah. up big by just by making it an actual. Like, why would you make an actual card game that uses the camera? Just make it digital. <laughs> what yeah, like we don't need like this actual physical sensation of putting cards down. Like, I guess well, because now neat, if but... I like. After a week after that game came out or whatever, now I have to go to the store and get a booster pack. <laughs> like, yeah, just put, just let me pay money over the internet to get me that booster pack. That's how like, it should. VR, be. man, VR is about to break big. Like this was forward thinking. You know, I have Judgment Two is going to blow people's minds. It's going to be amazing. It would, but if there was one, it actually might be really good using Blizzard as an example. <laughs> At yeah, this point. you put on your Oculus or whatever, whatever that other one is, the Cast AR, and then you, you know, you're playing cards, and yeah, it's all gonna happen. 2014. I guess I should say Hearthstone will likely be on my list next year because it will be a tablet game, so I will just be playing it every time I'm on the couch, just like everywhere, just all around. Just like, yeah, it'll be on phone. It, they're making it for phones and tablets and everything. So I'm gonna go down to the coffee shop, get in my Wi-Fi hotspot, play some Hearthstone. It's gonna be awesome challenge people in the street okay that's cool um can, any guesses what do you think my number one game is like looking at the omission honestly i thought it i thought it was a uh, spelunky okay like, or like papers please maybe that's t- that's up there it's top three yeah I, i'm just I trying to think up... of what else you were into this year it's gonna be so obvious i think when you say it but Beyond Two Souls. Uh, it was it was Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, of course. The biggest that budget is, game of all time. That is really obvious. Spend spend more money, developers. That's that's the real yeah. lesson here. Just get get hundreds of millions of dollars and then spend it on crazy ass graphics, like tons of actors and music. Just license all this music, and it's key to Nathan's heart. And that's what you want. You want to, you know, have that seal of approval from uh, this guy right here. That's what matters. That's that's the key. 
to the big leagues. So I'm officially so declaring now I open the ch- a good developer. So, they, Rockstar Games. They they they're pretty good. Official seal. <laughs> I opened the chat up now because I said I wasn't going to read the chat because I didn't want to get spoiled. Yeah. And the first thing I read as soon as I opened it was just two people say "damn it, Paul" at the same time. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Too much steam train. What? Anyway. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, okay. Pretty good lists, I think. GTA Five was an omission on mine because I haven't gotten far enough in it to see all of the different characters and how they play together and blah blah blah. And quite frankly, at the time when it came out, I didn't care about an open world game. Yeah, I I, I love open world games just as a thing. I think that is a, a great like framework for a video game. Uh, and I liked how the characters kind of were written to cater to different play styles, kind of like, I thought they were really mm-hmm. clever with how they did that. Uh, basically addressing all of the dissonance issues GTA four had. So yeah, I thought it was pretty impressive and, you know, people have been kind of like, Oh, torture scene. Oh, it doesn't innovate enough. It's pretty much just the same. Oh, since four has superpowers, it's way better. I don't know. I, I just like driving around and playing tennis and all of that stuff. I just thought it was magical. Um, my I guess my only issue is, like, as soon as you beat that game, it just dries up, which has been a thing with uh, all GTA games, where it's just, like, at some point, the really well, like, realized written story characters and stuff just stop talking and start to ignore you because the story's over, and that world just gets really mm. weird because it looks so great and is so detailed and no one cares about you anymore. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go golfing or something. And then you'll hear, like, the same lines of dialogue. Like, it just, it's this weird thing. But, like, I'll probably play through it again, like, the main story again when it hits PC or something. Like, that That could conceivably happen. But I also hope they do big single-player DLC for that. Also, do not care about GTA Online. Like, that does not impact this decision in any way. So... Yeah, it was kind of messed up. It doesn't matter. That single player was what I came for. So, yeah. That's it. Games of the year. Um, What's next on the docket? What is next? Uh, Meowth, Meowth is asking me, did I see any movies? So I, th- I think we're going to do a separate thing for top 10 of that, though, right? Well, yeah, the top 10 movies is going to be its own thing. But just kind of a weekly report, you know, like here, here's some movies oh, yeah. from this week. That happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Did we see anything else this week? Other than the obvious one? I don't think so. Okay. I saw one movie this week, effectively. Yeah. And Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I saw The Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. Which... Huh. I don't know how like how do you crack this coconut? Alright? Like where where's the first what's the first thing we should go for here? How much uh, you it? Well, okay, hold on. That's not fully Okay. I don't know. Alright, so Wolf of Wall Street is the latest from Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Big, splashy, three-hour epic about uh, Wall Street in the 80s, specifically focusing around 
this dude, uh, Jordan Belfort, who wrote a memoir about his crazy exploits during that time period. Um, as I was watching it, crazy entertaining. You know, like it's just like going for it, just zany stuff happening, three hours of nonstop business going on. Uh, Jonah Hill is in it, and he is uh, kind of wacky here and there. There's crazy hijinks with drugs and sexy ladies and flying around the world, globe trotting, crazy stuff. Then I left the theater and was kind of like the way the movie ends left me kind of was just this kind of like, what was that? was that? Did that movie like like get a little aggressive with me at the end? Like, was it kind of like pointing at me or something? Like, it just seemed like weirdly like the, the way that movie ends weirded me out. And I guess I could like just describe the scene or whatever, but but I don't want to like spoil the whole thing. But whatever. Basically, it ends with like an audience sitting there like on the movie screen. And I was like, is this kind of like relating it to me, the audience? Like, is this kind of like saying I'm part of the problem or something? I'm overanalyzing already. Let me just say that I found the characters in this movie just irredeemable and really irritating in a way I haven't found movie characters in like any other Martin Scorsese movie and like pretty much any movie that comes to mind right now. Like I was just like watching this totally arrogant dude for three hours and at the end of it i was just like this was basically like like i i know in my brain that there's no way martin scorsese would just accidentally make a completely irresponsible movie that totally celebrates decadence and like drug addiction and all this stuff but he accidentally made that movie because i just watched it you know like they do not they do not do a good job of making it clear that this is in some way a satire or this is so over the top that you're obviously not supposed to emulate this behavior. They basically just make sex, drugs and women look really fun and awesome. And it's just like, well, okay. Like I, I am not getting the sarcasm here or whatever. Like it just seemed like, no, yeah, this guy was all about this and he was really successful Not only that, like, this is where the kind of existence of the movie itself started to bother me. That Martin Scorsese and this cast of actors decided to make a three-hour movie about this guy basically validates everything he ever did and is in its very existence a celebration of his life and his lifestyle, which kind of just grossed me out. Like, I was thinking, like, if this was based on some unofficial biography or something, if this was not exactly about this named character, Jordan Belfort, this actual human, like if this was kind of, you know, the way Citizen Kane is about William Randolph Hearst, but not ex- really about William Randolph Hearst, but if you know, you know, kind of thing. Like if it was like that, then it would be like, okay, well, this is a commentary on this situation, but it's been fictionalized. And it is like it has a point of view of its own, whereas this just seems like way too validating. Like it's just this is just a big party about how crazy jo- Jordan Belfort was in the eighties, and there was not enough like flags in there to kind of let the audience know: don't do this, don't do what this guy is doing right now. They basically just said, "Yeah, party on, man! Just go get some coke. That shit is awesome." And hey, if you get an STD, penicillin. It's awesome. Like, it's just like, this is an irresponsible movie. And 
I don't know. Like I was reading an article today of uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio just kind of defending the movie and saying anyone who has that perspective is just totally out to lunch. Where like this was our attempt at like this was a satire. Uh, you're kind of not impartial in this scenario, so I'm just gonna say you fucked up. You didn't make a satire. You accidentally made a party movie. Like whoops. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Like it's like two and a half hours of just reckless, crazy ass dudes getting rich and loving it sexy party and then like a half hour of like oh man i'm like really addicted to coke and my wife doesn't like me anymore oh also i had to go to jail for like two years that kind of sucks whatever like they just kind of like gloss over every consequence and again for me like the real conclusion to this story isn't hasn't happened yet and this chapter in it the existence of a three-hour movie celebrating this dude is a problem like that's just like I don't know. That grossed me out. I was just like, I have been duped. I spent twelve seventy five funding this dude who I now do not like. Uh-oh. Like, I, I was just not having it. I was not happy at all. You were bamboozled. Yeah, I got bamboozled. I think like, that's a scientific term. I think so. For it. I don't know. Have you ever had a movie just kind of slap you in the face? Like, just kind of, like, Spring breakers? You? Okay. I mean... Like kind of, I, that's it, not it even is taunting somebody like that movie is trying to mock a certain generation and a certain lifestyle. So I which isn't that. us, which isn't really us. I think it's like the generation coming up. Maybe I don't know who or like some people in our generation probably fall in that camp and are being satired. So I get it. But OK, like you, you felt that movie was kind of. In your face in a way that you were not appreciating. You're just like, whoa, get out of here, Spring Breakers. What are you doing? Uh, not necessarily. I just felt like it wasted my time. Okay. Because I, that is... We should get into that in the top 10 discussion, I think, when we do it. But okay, basic um, short of it is... Uh, that... I don't know. I think we've actually discussed it before. I basically didn't think it was like it didn't realize what it was doing enough to make it fun like to be fun with it and I don't mm -hmm. think it was meant to either I'm not sure no I think it was being ironic about being fun if it was being fun you know like it, it was kind right. of like yeah this is fun you guys should totally do that like it, it was very facetious I thought about that <laughs> stuff yeah like, no for sure but it wasn't like deep enough to mean anything either it was just kind of middling for me in a lot of ways that i didn't okay. appreciate for how okay. long it is i didn't appreciate just kind of like i don't know it felt almost like a weird fake documentary <laughs> in a way like i don't know if you understand what i mean when i say that but it's like i think it's expecting me to fill in some pieces about what it's trying to be it's just kind of there like, it's just doing what it wants sort of thing. And totally I didn't respect that. I didn't yeah. respect that at all. <laughs> so. Okay. We're, yeah, I, I was I was geared up for it and kind of knew what to expect from that director and stuff. So I was I was pretty into it. But wasn't yeah, that the it, kids it was, director? Uh, the writer of that movie. Yeah. Kids is a terrible movie. Also. I haven't seen it. So, it, yeah. I, okay. I can't really speak to that. I've seen a uh, Gummo was the one I saw of his Harmony. Corinne I haven't seen is that the guy we're talking about. And 
he's a weirdo. He's he's a strange filmmaker, but this one I thought was totally entertaining. Like mainly the performances, really. Like J- James Franco, like just I thought he was just such a strange presence in that movie. It was just really fun to watch that happen. So I I was kind of into that. And then there was just like little moments it comes up up with over the course of it that I was really into. Like okay, I don't know. Like that's the thing. I I still want to kind of just further elaborate on my Wolf of Wall Street thoughts. Like coming out of it, it was like I couldn't deny from like a practical film enthusiast perspective. Like, no, dude, that was well shot, well acted, lavishly produced. Like that was in a lot of respects a great movie. I just really wish it didn't exist at all. Like, I don't think it should exist. Like, that's just kind of like this subject was not worthy of a movie, at least as how you presented him. Like, that's kind of been today's revelation was apparently the real Jordan Belfort in his book. It is very much like pitched as a cautionary tale, like about the dangers of excess or whatever. And the real guy has kind of cleaned up a lot, like with his drugs and all this. Like, there's actually been a lot of dynamic change to that person. The character you were presented with for three hours is just an irredeemable asshole. Like, it was just like hard to sit there and just have this this smug self-centered character just make fun of you for three hours like there there were parts in that movie like just monologues that reminded me of kind of some of the worst parts of mark millar's adaptations like do you remember uh the end of wanted did you see that the action movie james i did see it but i don't remember the end of it specifically no like there is a point where the the movie just breaks the fourth wall and just basically flips you off right at the end of the movie it's like yeah this week i became like the number one assassin in the world then he looks right at the camera so what the fuck did you do this week or something like that like he just like aggressively looks at you and just calls you out (laughs) i was like fuck you james mcavoy i'm out of this movie but man there's some cool 3d like gun battles so you know what whatever it's all good but wow that was dumb this movie i want to bring something up quickly that happened in the chat when you were okay. saying about how like one you just hated being there because you were just watching this arrogant asshole or whatever for two hours. Yeah. Meowth, three hours. Meowth took a stab and she was okay. just like, I listened to an arrogant dude for two hours too, Nathan. Oh <laughs> whatever. I'm not like a t- high rolling million. Sorry, I I thought it was yeah. funny. That's but, not bad. Yeah. For sure. Thanks for watching. But uh, <laughs> like the part of it that just kind of like th- there are parts where there's just monologues from him that is just kind of like, yeah, like he starts to explain IPOs and then just says, ah, whatever you wouldn't understand anyway. Like, it's just like, oh, wow. There's just parts of that movie, like the dialogue where it's just like. This guy's just making fun of me, like, is this is a th- looking at the camera, just making fun of the audience. And like, I maybe I get that as like kind of it is deliberate, like it is like. This this is what conceited idiots on Wall Street behave like. It's this weird boys club and it's just this party all the time, like just mentality. And they do not give a fuck about you. But the irony I find is just like this is a movie made by millionaires about a millionaire that is being paid to be seen by like regular ass people. So like it's just like what is this? Like it's just like we are the ones on whom this is placed. Like this is the. This is for the whole, everybody, but it's made by kind of an inherently biased kind of not 
like in their own bubble group of people, actors and directors who live in Hollywood do all this movie stuff about someone who's in an even different, like higher sphere from like this wall street, super like millionaire investor broker kind of guy. Like, it's just like, this is so divorced from like my reality and what my life consists of that. I am like kind of just mad that this is going on on my planet. Like, fuck all of you. Like, it just really pissed me off. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not not a fan <laughs> of that movie. It is uh, kind of an affront to humanity. You fucked up, Martin Scorsese. Sorry, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> How mad you are at the movie. So good. So bad. Well, it's 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 so good, but it's not... It's ill-conceived from its very inception point. I I don't know. It's honestly made me kind of like look back at just my experience with all Martin Scorsese films ever. And I'm just kind of like, I don't like I have not been on board some of those films like Raging Bull. I don't get it. Like, it's just like, yeah, he's a shit bag. He's a crappy boxer. He's really just kind of a lame dude. Why? Why does this exist either? But by the time I entered the scene in 1987, that was already one of the best movies of the 80s. And by the time I actually watched it, like 20 or whatever, it was like, no, this is one of the best movies. And it's just like, okay, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't know, you guys. It's kind of whatever. So, yeah. What's Did you watch anything else? What, Mine? What? Yeah. I'm going to include you in this conversation. This is now Maybe. not a monologue. Maybe Goodfellas. Okay. Uh, whatever. I, this is like Goodfellas, except the behaviors on display are way more emulatable than being in organized crime. That's kind of my thing. That's kind of my issue. Well, it sounds like it didn't do a satire thing either, really, as good as maybe Goodfellas did. Well, I, Goodfellas, I don't think is really that much of a satire. It's kind of just there's like, a little hey, bit of it in there. It does it like ever like, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster. Da, 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 da. Yeah, like kind of. <laughs> but yeah. I think my issue, like, I guess it's just like that underworld is dangerous. Like people die. You don't want to be a part of that. The way they depict this underworld doesn't look like a problem. Like, yeah, okay. Final, final little ranty avenue here. Uh, the real Jordan Belfort was inspired by Gordon Gecko, the character Michael Douglas played in Wall Street, to be an asshole on Wall Street, and in fact became the biggest asshole on Wall Street. Now, he is himself a movie character who is in a much slicker, much better movie in a lot of ways he has like crazy charisma and just like fast talking smooth sailing dude this movie could potentially create like supercharged mega dickwads for the future and that makes me scared <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> someone could watch this movie and completely miss the point very easily and then use it as kind of a jumping off point to live their life in this selfish, conceited way. And just the very like 
that possibility makes me question whether this movie is doing like way more harm than it could possibly be doing good at the same time. And like, I just love that this movie character is based on a dude who's basically based on a movie character. I know it's like <laughs> culture producing reality that then produces its own derivative culture. It's just like, this is getting to be a problem. Like this is like, it's, it's like really incestuous in a lot of ways. It's yeah. Gross. I I don't know. Like the, all the thought processes that were produced by this movie have been like incredibly negative. Like outside of like the immediate sensation of watching this kind of wacky three hour comedy with Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio getting way high and doing dumb shit. Like after that was over, it was like, oh, God, this is this could be really bad. Like, I hope no one watches this like this. Th- we need to lock this up or something like this is not this is not good so i don't know man that that movie really did something like you got it like maybe i like on some points like wow i gotta give him credit like martin scorsese still making whack-ass shit like 40 years later but i don't know this this just rubbed me the wrong way entirely so yeah wolf of wall street it's out now it's it's something but just don't do anything like in this movie. Like don't take any of these characters as role models in any way. Not even like they have like a FBI character who's supposed to be kind of the, the one guy who's kind of doing it right. And they, the, the the sad result of his, you know, crusade is just kind of like, so just such a downer. And again, I think the movie knows like the movie obviously is showing you that like, no man, sometimes the good guys don't win. Sometimes the bad guys are just super charismatic and stuff. But again, that this movie is playing a part in that, like basically slapping the bad guy on the back and saying, man, your story's crazy. You know, like, don't, don't do that. Don't encourage them. This is the thing. This is like super encouraging to that kind of uh, attitude. And I don't, I don't know. But whatever. Hey, see it for yourself. Let us know. Feedback. Call the voicemail line. You know, Wolf Wall Street thoughts. Let's have a dialogue. Keep it going. 2014. We'll talk this out. Maybe I'm way just I was in a weird mood or something. I don't know. But 2014 year of the interaction. Yeah. That's and what I kind of want you to see it to see like if I'm totally off base or whatever. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it's your kind of movie, but. You said it's oh. three hours long. It's three hours long, yeah. Yeah, probably not. Speaking of three-hour-long movies, I saw The Hobbit: The Desolation of Smog. That's a little shy of three hours. It's like two forty-three, but okay, I'll allow it. Um, how did you? Thank feel? you. I guess. <laughs> well, it, it yeah okay. That movie is The Hobbit, <laughs> I guess, like for lack of a better term. Um. Dude, that book is being stretched out way past its limit. Like, yeah, just put oh, in more geez. stuff. Just hey, let's let's flesh out these elves. Like, what what are they all about? They're all about arrow fights. Let's let's have some more of those. Uh, but, what's this dragon all about? They don't really. But they're have not. Enough. They're not even like they are not about fights. Yeah, they are, they just, are now. Peter Jackson. They are, are now. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I don't know the tie-in to uh, Lord of the Rings, like the movies. That's there now, so I guess yeah, that's so good for their universe. That yeah. was not in Tolkien's mind when he wrote it, which it, it's kind of weird to see that have such a yeah. heavy impact on the tone. But I don't know. I kind of like some of the tangents they go on. I was like, oh, cool. Like they don't make enough use of Smaug the dragon in the book. Like he barely does anything. So now we're going to have this kind of big elaborate fight scene with him and stuff. It's just like, yeah, OK, well, you know that you know that part where like uh, Bilbo is talking to him. Yeah, that's literally all the interaction in the book. Pretty much. And then he flies off and the end of the movie. And they get shot. Yeah. 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 So like for the 74 year old book. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of funny because, you know, in those like movie pre-show things or whatever, there is one thing where it's like in the new movie, Desolation of Smaug or whatever, who what's the name of the flesh shaper or something? The flesh changer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. Aaron was just like, how are we supposed to know that we're about to watch it? It's like the book's been out for like a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought he was cool. Bayorn or Bjorn or whatever. Yeah. I think they say Bayorn in the, in Bayorn. the movie, but yeah, I was always Bjorn, but yeah, whatever. Uh, bear dude. He, he, he kind of doesn't get to do a lot in this movie, but I know he plays a big role in the big fight in the third one. So yeah, yeah. He, he has potential to do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, how, do, how do you feel about those sick combos? Do you see the scene I'm talking about? Sick combo? Like, basically, there's just a scene where Legolas just ke- strings together, like, ten orc kills. Oh, yeah, yeah. So dumb, but I just kind of had to go like, alright, you did it. That was the stupidest thing I have seen on a movie screen this year. Amazing. Like two orcs with one arrow. Then he like that was spinning on a dwarf's head and shoots another one. It's just nuts. But that I was, thought it was really fun. That already happened in like the Lord of the Rings movies though. But what I yeah, found he's, like, weird on shields and stuff, but this something about the way this scene was staged was just like this is like Arkham City, but with an elf. Like it was just put the numbers on the screen at some point. It was just so silly. What I found weird was how it doesn't seem like elves age so much as they start older and get younger as the series progresses. Because Legolas in The Hobbit 2 is way older looking than how I remembered him from the Lord of the Rings movies. Well, that's because Orlando Bloom is a human and he ages. Yeah, unfortunately, he is a human. Or maybe once you rid yourself of racism, you look younger. That's the lesson because he hates dwarves so much, but then his heart is purified by the love that comes by being part of the fellowship. And then he gets to look younger. No, they have to, they, there's obviously something that has to happen in three to make that even make sense because in fellowship, he was just kind of like, yeah, our kind doesn't really hang out with dwarves. We're in the Hobbit. He's like, yo, fuck this race. Like he is so racist in that movie. But then in the like, things that come later he's just like no they're whatever we just don't maybe the, maybe them. in their mind like the relationship between like aowen or whatever and feely like kind of tempers him a bit like it's just kind of like maybe yeah maybe. maybe that's like his first time of seeing like oh 
our races can get over this thing. Maybe like he has an example in his life that he has to mull over for like 30, 40 years or whatever before the next movie. I don't know. I don't know. His eyes look weird. They look yeah, like they're like very, very, very blue Smoky or something. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Strange looking, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I also liked how they flesh out the archer guy, like Bard. Bard, yeah. In the book, it always felt he like just that shows dude up. just came out of nowhere. It's just like, oh yeah, by the way, there was some, there's this dude who is a really great archer who lived in the town, and uh, he kills the dragon. Anyway, and it's just like, no, dude, the dragon was like your thing. Like, you can't just throw that away. Like, that was the whole thing. And it's just like... I know. In the book, whatever. he's just like, I will slay the dragon, then he does book over. It's like, I what? Yeah, who even are like, you? You know, it's like, oh, my grandfather or whatever, he had, like, one arrow left, and he barely failed. And you're just like, alright, this is kind of dumb, but at the same time, it's given some nice context that will pay off later. So, I'll take it. Like, sure, that's that's fine. So, some of that time, I felt, was justified. Although, yeah, I don't know. They, they, yeah, they are stretching it real thin. Like, that ending specifically was just like, what? Where's the... Oh! Alright. I'll be back next year. Especially for, like, the two hours preceding everything with Smaug were just kind of boring for the most part. Like, I mean, I, I like don't the big care. spiders and stuff, but... The big spiders yeah. were fine. I didn't care about anything to do with the elves and their archery or barrels rolling down a river. I didn't care about any of that. And that part was like half an hour long. The barrel escape in the book is kind of just they successfully snuck out of there and Bilbo gets to do some more burglary style stealth skills. Whereas, yeah, they decide to make a giant action scene. Basically, them having that party of orcs chasing them the whole time is padding out this whole story. Like, it's just like. Yeah. And whenever there is remote, like anything approaching dead air, like like a little quiet moment in the book, there are now orcs fighting. And you're just like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Chat. That movie's okay, though. Yeah, I think overall, like once it's all behind us, it'll be a fun adventure trilogy. Like it's just like, yeah, sure. There's this dragon and there's giant spiders and wizards like plural this time that's kind of cool but uh yeah gandalf actually does something gandalf yeah he he has that like big orb you know the force field thing there's all the darkness well i mean the only thing he's ever done was light like he just produces a lot of light and it blinds the armies that are attacking uh what the helm's deep in the second lord of the rings movie and this yeah. it keeps back the darkness a little bit. And he like, like shock waves that bridge in fellowship and then it falls out, you know. With light. But yeah. With light. It's also light. <laughs> he is a light wizard. But He yeah. is he and, is, because even at the beginning of Fellowship, like he's has that fireworks cart that he is driving. He's all about light. So there's that, I guess. For all your lighting needs called Gandalf's lighting supplies and there you go. That's how you do it. You don't need an electrician in those days. You just need Gandalf to come around. Yeah, Thomas Edison, forget it. We don't need him. Wizard light. Yeah. He better. took the idea from Gandalf. Yeah, he puts that little crystal on his, on his staff and, like, and boom. Mine's I always found that I always found that so dumb. It's <laughs> just like you're a wizard <laughs> and like Yeah, you just like he's just like lighting a small torch or something. It's like 
no, just wave your hands and make light appear everywhere for like 15 minutes. That's yeah. what wizards do. They don't just light their staff like a torch. Like I have a lighter I mean, right here. I can look. There you go. Wizard, wizard shit. Whoa. <laughs> wizard in shit. Hobbit, like in the first in the first Hobbit, like Unexpected Journey, like how he does fire too is like I'm gonna light this pine cone and then throw it. Like it's a little low level yeah. spells kind of thing. But yeah, it's not like straight up fireball. It's like all right, I got this thing. And then you can throw the, throw the fire. Or it's like, I'm going to talk well, I, to this butterfly. Go get those eagles. We need some eagles. Then he, he sends it off and then they get to fly away. Well, the eagles Wizards. weren't ever... He was never able to call the eagles. They were always as a favor given to him in the books. That's why he doesn't use them all the time. Because he didn't have like rights to them or call know how to call them or own them. It was... Uh, I can't remember who, but he, like he did some favors or whatever, and it was kind of like a debts repaid thing to use this dude's eagles to carry them around. Anyways, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Gandalf hadn't leveled up yet from fighting the Belrog. Yeah, you get so many points for that, dang man. That like that was. I mean, he did. He turned white. Wizard stuff. Yeah, I know. He changed classes. It's crazy. It's a white mage. I, I always thought that was so dumb, <laughs> like in the movie where, like, you think he dies or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then in the next movie, he comes back and he's, like, fighting the Balrog as they're falling. And then, like, when the Balrog dies or whatever, he just, like, leveled up. <laughs> sort of thing. I think it's like he died, but then he's brought back or something. Like, it's pretty dramatic what yeah. actually goes on. And, like, this has been the thing. Like, Gandalf the White is way less fun than Gandalf the Grey. So I'm kind of glad we're hanging out with the pointy hat, old school Gandalf before we get, like, kind of the super yeah. serious, dramatic prophecy Gandalf of the later stuff. It's just not as good. Who commands armies with light. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, in theaters now. Pretty good In movie. theaters now. Yeah. Movies. It's really long. I always forget how long those movies are until I have to stand up after sitting in a theater chair. I'll just let you blow your nose here. And I'll watch you subtly. Sorry. Uh, no, that's yes. fine. Long sits in movie theaters. Uh, the fall season is the time for that. It's kind of when it happens. The fall season? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like um, winter, winter time. Like American Hustle is like two hours 20 or something. Like the, the movies get longer. It's like, hey, pay yeah. attention. Gonna need some patience for this one. But uh, maybe it just feels that way up here because it's like, well, I don't want to go outside, so I'm gonna sit in this cozy theater where people in Florida are probably just like, oh my god, why is this movie so long? I'm in this boiling theater. <laughs> I just want to get some air. I don't know. Just a differing, like how we see things differently, maybe where it, it seems like they're all long in winter, but that's only because that's when it's cold for us and people want to stay indoors. Maybe they're just long all year round. Oh, yeah, I guess, you know, like Avengers is really long. Like Transformers is way too long. <laughs> like there are long summer movies, too. The fact but, that uh, there's more than one Transformers movies shows how long that series is because yeah. there shouldn't be. Yeah, there's another one coming. I think there's a at least a poster art or something like that. That thing's happening. 
Mark Wahlberg is going to be in it. Pain and Gain great. 2, Transformers. I think that's what it's called. So That would actually be legitimately great, I think. Yeah. That crossover needs to happen. Which would be weird, because that is based on a true story. So it's like Donnie Lugo or whatever. Like, okay, whoa, there's an example. That is a satire. Like a real yeah. life story that takes real world criminals, but makes them just look like idiots. And you don't want to do the what rock they do. In there. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just like, I don't want to have my toe shot off, but damn, these guys got in some trouble and it's an entertaining. Like, okay. Yeah. Especially since the actual situation that movie's based on was actually kind of terrible. Like, yeah, they weren't idiots. They were actually conniving. And like the main dude was really charismatic and kind of like, a mastermind behind a bunch of shit. But like an idiot mastermind? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, wow, who would have thought I would ever get to a point where I'm like, you know, Michael Bay has some lessons he should probably impart to Martin Scorsese. You know? no, That's just blasphemy right there. I have lost so much cred in like film circles, but you know what? I didn't want to be in that circle anyway. If you guys are going to keep going, oh, Casablanca is amazing and all this shit. Whatever. I'm I'm going off here. I'm going to go over here where Michael Bay is king. And yeah, he earned it. Pain and gain. That's that's not a good corner to go in either, honestly. Those people Maybe are not. bad you know what? on the opposite I'm side. I'm going there on my own volition, you know? I'm not going to be bullied in there by all you Godfather fans. Get out of here. Movie's not that great. It's pretty good. Second one's better. It's, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. It. Yeah. It didn't end cinema or whatever. Like it's not like, oh my god. Oh Shawshank Redemption, like what? Anyway, uh, whatever. Whatever. I'm getting into my snob zone where I'm snobby at snobs. It's where I like to be. It's, it's yeah. Where, it's where I it's just be. kind of like everything caving in on itself, basically. Yeah. It's like Ouroboros is just eating itself. Culture driven of other, you know, criticism derived from other critics, or I don't know. Whatever. Hey, speaking of people who died, Roger Ebert. Let's go there. Let's do that. Oh, speaking oh, of man. Film, film personalities, uh, that guy loved Martin Scorsese, and he didn't get to see this latest movie. So, you know, it's kind of sad. That's one of the many sad things that happened in the year 2013. Do you think he would have loved it if he had I, seen it? I think he would have liked it. I mean, he just kind of got predictable on that front at some point. But who knows, maybe he would have been with me on my team of just like, I don't know, this one's kind of gross. That would be cool. Yeah. He but he had a tendency know. to do that. Every now and like, then, something yeah. wrinkle, you know, just not kind of curl his nostrils a bit. It's like, ah, something's wrong with this one. But, I don't know. Or video games are kind of garbage. Yeah. He did not like I'm pretty sure games. that's exactly what he said. See, that's before Gone Home came out. I bet you there would have been people on his blog be like, oh my god, you gotta check this out, you gotta check this out. Just missed it. Just missed it. It was about to happen. Sorry, which oh. one did you say? Gone Home, I'm guessing? Yeah. I mean, for story woven into it, like, you know, someone would probably try to pitch that at him as a counterpoint. And then Last of Us, someone would try to do that, but they would be fools to do that because that is a zombie mini series. Like, don't go putting that on a pedestal. Oh, out of curiosity, what were uh, John and Sean's top game? Number uh, one. John's, I found. Uh, wait, what was? Oh, hold on. 
You don't even remember? Didn't you do that like earlier today or yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, it was literally yesterday. Holy crap! Chat, help me out. What was everybody's games of the year? (laughs) Oh my goodness! I know John's was Payday Two, and that surprised me. Really? But I was, I was also. What else has he played this year, though? Uh, he he played a decent amount of stuff. I mean, you gotta listen to the podcast to know. But uh, he also didn't play a lot of stuff. There was like 17 games on his pile of shame, where he kind of just didn't remember. Like, like he just didn't get around to playing. Oh, that's right. Okay, Sean's was equally crazy, and that's why I just kind of forgot about it. I thought it was Last of Us, but that was actually number two. It was Game and Wario. Oh, weird. Okay. I I have that game. It is fun and zany, but I I just did not have like this transcendent experience that Sean had. But you know what? Totally power to you. That game is crazy and weird. Uh, maybe I'll I'll probably spend more time with it. But yeah, so yeah, Payday Two, Game and Wario, and mine was Grand Theft Auto. Kind of a weird <laughs> weird lists, but yeah, Payday Two. I actually just started playing this week, and I'm having a pretty sweet time with it. But um, I'm not deep enough down the rabbit hole to know if it's like that good but it seems pretty sweet so i don't know have you played you said you played the first one right yeah okay i think i think it's just like i love that you know like i really enjoyed the first left for dead that kind of co-op campaign was really sweet to me but that they've changed the framework to something i care about way more than zombies uh bank robberies and stuff like heists heat type stuff like we got to rob these armored cars like that kind of crime action stuff that is so much more interesting to me so i'm just kind of like oh man you got me on this premise and yeah the cops are super dumb like they're basically zombies with guns like they just kind of hoard at you you know it's just like seven swat guys just kind of ran in here it's like that's not how real police tactics work like, what is this? It's just when it goes off, it goes off way too big to be realistic. It's just carnage. Like, it's just like 480 cops died today in the most elaborate, like failed bank robbery bat like bust ever. Like, it's just totally crazy. But when that game has like when everything's popping just right, like when it's like, you know, three of your team members are down and you're holding off the last dudes hoping they'll respond in time. Like that, those kind of moments, those kind of multiplayer thrills are really cool. So I haven't had an experience like that in a while and I was, I was having a good time. So I just kind of go on about that, but it was a uh, John's game of the year. So I thought I'd give it a little bit of a spotlight, you know, just kind of, Hey, this was, this was pretty sweet. This is why he said that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, the, that was the, that was the circle there. Um, did Ryan Davis get to play Gone Home? No. That's another person that didn't get to play Gone Home before they died this year. I don't think so. And it, did the, I think it came out in August. Yeah, it came out in August. So no. He might have he seen might got a, a pre-release or something. Yeah. I bet he would have seen a build of it because they kind of have ties to Idle Thumbs and stuff. Like, And there was previews and things. I, he may well have seen that game before. But yeah, no, the final product. I wonder no. what his opinion of it would have been. I don't know. I can't. I can't really hazard a guess either. I, I'm not really I sure. 
I'm going to go ahead and say he probably wouldn't have enjoyed it, but he would have respected it. I I was just listening to uh, older podcasts again where he was talking about Journey, and that was kind of his experience with that. It's like, yeah, it's it's good, but I you know it, like I don't know like he that that kind of brief experiences didn't seem to really do it. But uh, also, he had a weird bug that he ran into in that game. But um, yeah. I don't remember if it was on his top ten list that year. Do you want to hear who else died this year? The yeah. last twelve oh, months. Like as we were setting up for the podcast yesterday, it was like, oh, I just linked you to a doc, and then I looked at my thing, and I hadn't seen there was a thing called Death List 2013, <laughs> and I yeah. was just like, uh, like I had this like internal moment where it was like I was about to verbalize like, is this it? But then I was like, no, this can't be it. I'm not going to talk about this thing I'm seeing right now because <laughs> like <laughs> it would just bring the whole conversation down and just be like, man, how shitty was 2013? Like, I don't want to like start with that. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that with me. I didn't know that was in there. OK, so obviously we talked about Ryan Davis and Roger Ebert. Yeah. Nelson Dude. Mandela. Critics. Critics. Pretty big name. Yeah, that was pretty recent. He died. Paul Walker died. Yeah, the way he lived, fast and furiously. That's true. Peter O'Toole was very yes. recent. Star of the Stuntman. Yep. Uh, we got Lou Reed from Velvet Underground. Oh, okay. he was a musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Clancy. That's a big one, really. Like that kind of a huge name. Like that just kind of happened, and then it was just kind of like, wow, like that guy kind of provided like a bunch of action movies and stuff that I saw during my formative years. Like it was like Hump for Red October, Clear and Present Danger and like uh, Patriot Games were like kind of big deals in my my movie watching like start, you know, so that was kind of weird to just come and go like that just happened. And then it was like, oh, yeah, weird. Like, I guess he was 60 something, but that's still kind of early. Like that's that's a little that's. That's not cool. But uh, and yeah, dude had a big stamp on all sorts of video game franchises, too. I know he personally probably wasn't involved at all, but still a big name. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty big death that people forgot about right away. But strangely, yeah. 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 Uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi or however you say his name. Yeah. Like president of Nintendo, like or see like the guy. Mr. The Nintendo. Nintendo dude. The dude who like took Nintendo from, yo, you want a trading card pack to, yeah. hey, we are multimillionaires in this industry that we are birthing. Well, like video game. Yeah. Like took a toy company and made it a video game company. <laughs> and like, yeah, like just reading that book, uh, how Nintendo. Uh, what was it? Changed the world. Conquered America. Conquered America. Like that dude fact, like kind of the ideas that came out of his head and like how he was investigating online features and stuff way before it made sense. Like that guy was kind of a visionary in a way and I just didn't know anything about him. So yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. He's gone. James Gandolfini. Yeah. Tony. He died this year. You remember that one? I bet you didn't. No, I did. He was in uh, one of my favorite movies from last year, uh, killing them softly. And now he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. He, He was in one of my favorite movies too. Eight millimeter. Okay, that movie's I pretty actually, good. I like that movie. What can yeah. I say? 
He plays a kind of a dirtbag, <laughs> but you know, he's good at that. That's a talent. So speaking of out. talent, Chris Kelly died. <laughs> One half of Chris Cross. I I don't know much about that, but okay. They were the reason why kids would wear their pants backwards. Oh, really? Wow. It's like a huge Mm -hmm. impact on fashion and I'm sure music in a way. Yeah, they made huge strides in the rap game with songs entitled I Missed the Bus. (laughs) I have missed the bus before. I know, it's relatable. Yeah, now that I know there's a song like, you know, empathetic to my plight. That's that's great. That's that's cool. Fresh. That's all I have on this list, but there were many, many others, no names and people that maybe uh wouldn't be as well known. Like yeah. song random songwriters and like uh filmmakers like a- and stuff that don't get their names out. Prior, like old Hollywood yeah. kind of folk. I was definitely seeing it, a lot of like, It's hard to count like, them. Because it's like when you're 80, like you're kind of expected to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, in the same way, like Nelson Mandela was in his 90s. So it was just kind of like, yeah, OK, that makes a lot of sense. But like, you know, that's still newspapers and like just presidents flying out to go to the funeral and stuff like that was like a big international event in a lot of ways. But <laughs> and that that translator thing is still my favorite thing to come out of that story as the as the best how did that happen? You know, like the fake sign language stuff. Yep. Just went on stage, just stone cold. Just did it. The president's <laughs> right there. No one, no one stops him. No one questions. It was amazing. Why Ultimate would you question them? You yeah. expect them to be doing the right thing. Yeah, I know. It's so great. It's just like this social contract thing that was being violated flagrantly and no one noticed until later. So good. Uh, anyway, yes, no, that was very sad. That was a very sad story. So uh, pour one out. Like, pour like 10 out. Mentioned. Yeah. Was pour, it 10? Pour them oh. out into your gullet. Like just it's a drink in here. You're right. It was 10, which is almost one a month. Yeah. For the whole year, like a so big every year had a little name. tragedy for you. Like every month, it was just like, oh, oh well, I got or that. In the pa- case of like oh. Paul Walker and Ryan Davis, huge tragedies, but whatever. I know, like it was so weird. Like this year was kind of like this this weird battle. Like the stage was set for it to be one of the best. Like it's like the the new Daft Punk album is finally coming out. Going to E three, Next Generation Games. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just stuff happening and then it was just like oh but death is gonna be this grim shadow over all of it it'll just suck the fun out of everything that you were happy about it's just like oh that's takes a lot you know it's just great fate eminem's new album yeah well that turned out i honestly have no idea i haven't heard it yet even I haven't either. I've heard good and bad things, but I am not the person to know. So, yeah. But not, I don't know. Yeah, it was a year where I, I went in really excited, and there was always something on the calendar I was looking forward to, and then something unexpected would derail everything. Your Nine Inch Nails concert was, like, the worst one they've ever done, apparently. <laughs> like, it's just, like, end of the tour, it's just like, yeah, let's just not turn on this stuff. I don't know. I, I still feel like 
I just had weird expectations or something, but I had been promised like a life changing multimedia event. And then I just saw a rock concert and that didn't fit the bill, you know, whatever. Should we get personal too? Sure. Let's get personal. A little. Okay. So this year you, you, uh, lost your one job that you enjoyed. You got kicked out of your house. I did. <laughs> Our city flooded. Our city flooded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I lost I my job earlier this now. year yeah. as well. Yeah. I lost my car. I, I got back from vacation <laughs> yeah. to have my car had been impounded. <laughs> it's just like this weird classic like tragedy of errors. But yeah, no, that that was this year. It's just like I used to have a car and now I don't. I have debt. <laughs> it's just bad. That uh, was a good time. Our city flooded. I forgot about flooded. that. Yeah. Like we were It was really bad students. too. Yeah, it was weird. We have a book about it. Like it's just to commemorate the thing that happened. And that was oh whatever. It's not even interesting. It was like Christmas giving was apparently down this year for a lot of charities. And the theory was everyone kind of felt like they already did their charity when the city flooded. So they were kind of done with that. I didn't do shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, fuck off. My my basement flooded. I don't care. Go away. You were like you were like a roughneck for a while there where you were like pumping the water out. You were part of like the crew. I know. I yeah. <laughs> our stadium was like mud coated, and I went down there and I needed a temp job. And yeah, that was like work crew stuff. I've never done that kind of thing. Like squeegees, huge squeegees, just mud and water. It's weird. Disaster zone stuff. The, the stampede. We, we had that thing. Was, yeah, I don't know. Yep. I didn't go to Sampy this year, as I didn't last year either. So that's a yearly thing, though. That wasn't 2013, 2013 exclusive. Yeah. Oh, the Comic Con was good. I didn't anyway. go to that this year either. I didn't yeah. do any conventions this year. <sighs> don't remind me. I'm just, yeah. I think it was just all that baggage made packs just, it just couldn't lift it, you know? Just like, what do you, can you relieve all this weight? Oh, uh, no. And then I just got even more depressed. Like, it's just like double whammy. But um, we never talked about Anchorman 2 on the show. Should we even get into that? Like, it's kind of a while now. Do you care about those movies? Like, I like I enjoyed Anchorman 1. Just, uh, I don't know, just for what it was, I guess. Just a stupid movie. So, yeah. But um, how was Anchorman 2? I liked it. I thought, like, considering what it is, like, it's a follow-up to, uh, like, decade-old comedy that a lot of people like a lot. Like, they kind of went for some original story kind of stuff that I was, you know, like, they do make a lot of callbacks to jokes you remember. But that's kind of what they you knew that was going to happen. But they also just come up with some new, dumb, really dumb gags that i don't know i I was laughing for the most part i I thought it was pretty funny and them kind of taking on like 24 hour news as like a a thing like i I thought they actually did more with the newscasting 
story thread than they did in the first movie. Like the first movie, all the news stories are covering are just nonsense. Like it's just like there's a panda giving birth somewhere, like all this stuff. Like they just kind of it's really goofy and they just don't care. This is kind of taking news just seriously enough to where they're kind of like maybe being, uh, I don't know, satirical a little bit about what news is now, like what television programming is now. Like Ron Burgundy is going for the lowest of the low jokes and just dumb gags and just kind of like, hey, there's a car chase going on. Let's make that a story. And there's like like close coverage of a car chase. Like that stuff you see all the time now on TV. There was a time when that would be considered just like a cheap, like uh, exploitative thing to do. You know, like this is this is entertainment now. This isn't news. Like they almost get clever this time. And I thought that was cool. And then, yeah, there's just dumb gags and a bunch of celebrities show up. Like, so many celebrity cameos. Tons of them. Like who? Uh, name do you five. Really wanna... I could name five, but it's almost spoilers for, like, the ending. Because they do a big, splashy thing. And kind of the faces that show up are kind of part of the surprise. Well, I but... know Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West is in it. Uh, people you remember, like, um, from, you know, the first, you know, first time out. You have, uh, oh, I guess John C. Riley's there. He's pretty funny. Uh, his role's really weird. Um, Harrison Ford, he plays kind of a high up there news guy in like the first network you see in the movie. Um, Kirsten Wig, I don't know if she counts as a big star, but she has a small role in there and she's pretty good. But okay. She does stuff. Yeah, she does stuff. Uh, Liam Neeson, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, bit. was he and, rescuing uh, his daughter? No, it it's kind of the big end gag of the the thing. And uh, Vince Vaughn shows up again. He was in the first one, so yeah, he's a. I mean, he shows up in everything that's comedy related somehow. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, he's a funny guy. Maybe not as much anymore. There was a while there though, like holy shit, he was in a lot of stuff. I'm trying to think who? Oh, and James James uh, Marsden. Right? Yeah, he plays kind of a rival newscaster this time. He has a pretty big role. Uh, Cyclops from the X-Men movies. So Great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was... Uh, oh, and Dylan Baker. D- Dylan Baker has a weird... Like, he's in it a lot. And I I mostly know that guy is, like, weird dramas and stuff. Like, he was in Happiness, which is, like, just this really fucked up movie. Uh, he was uh, Dr. Connors in the original Spider-Man movies. Um, he kind of plays this guy that like reaches out to Ron and hires him for this weird news network in New York or whatever. And I don't know, it's kind of neat to see him in a big movie, but, uh, yeah, I was under the impression that movie wasn't doing very well. I guess it's like at 90 million or something. So it's, it's doing okay. But I thought that would be kind of like a giant comedy event. Like the way the hangover was making like 70 million or a hundred million at the box office. I was expecting that kind of opening and it didn't get anywhere close to that. So I was just kind of like, come on. I thought you guys were way into dumb crap. Like hangover two would come out for anchorman two. I mean, come on. These guys are high profile comic actors, but I guess they don't have that kind of credit anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe the one kind of post-movie discussion that I had with my friend Ryan. Uh, not enough Paul Rudd. He doesn't get to do enough funny stuff, which was kind of disappointing. That seems like a shame. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a little bit wasted. Like, uh, 
Steve Corral gets a lot of moments. Uh, Will Ferrell, obviously. But yeah, like Paul Rudd should have had more. Like, I mean, th- they have tons of deleted scenes for this. They're doing the thing they did last time where they're making another movie out of all the cut movie they have. That's going to be out on the Blu-ray and stuff. Uh, Wake right. Up on Burgundy was the first one. So uh, maybe there's some more good gags in there and hopefully he has some bits in there. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd watch that. I mean, so much of it is just these guys improvising and doing dumb stuff. Like, that's the gags. So, like, there are scenes in this movie that are totally trivial. Like, they make no sense. They're just throwaway gags. But I'm here to laugh, so go for it. And, yeah, they, they pull off some pretty good stuff. So, yeah, kind of a late review. I just kind of forgot about it, which probably isn't a good sign. But it yeah. was overshadowed by Hustle that week, I think. So, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, movies I saw. This, 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 this. And then we just moved on, and that was it. So... As you probably should. Yeah, let's move on. As we should right now. Yeah, let's move yeah. on to voicemails? Or is yeah. there more topics we want to get into? All right, let's cl- oh. let's end it up. Let's go. Okay. Questions. So, Meowth Hour? You ready? Meowth Hour. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nathan. So, uh, I got some cool stuff for Christmas. Got some new clothes, some new gloves, new hats. Also got a new jacket, so that'll help me over the cold winter that's yet to come. I also got an iPad, so uh, I wanted a Wii U more than an iPad, but I figure I might as well keep it because the iPad can do lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. While the Wii U probably has a poopy internet and uh, other sorts of stuff that's probably dumb. And I don't know. I'm enjoying the iPad. It's kind of helping me get the anime watched at a much faster pace because now I can just load an app that plays the anime that comes out during the week and it just plays it and then I'm just done in 20 minutes, so that's good. So, uh, I was going to ask, uh, did you get any cool gifts or did you get any gifts that you kind of didn't want and got anyways and just kept it or did you just bring it back to exchange it for something else okay well first of all i think we have to mention one thing now i know what you're saying anime is for jerks but anyways um the ipad probably better because hearthstone will eventually be on it unlike the wii u so, oh, there you go. I mean, it has a screen too, so you could do it, but I bet they won't. So, yeah. Also, Yearwalk, <laughs> yeah. uh, the sixth best game of the year, is available <clears throat> on the iPad. Also, The Room 2 is available on the iPad right now. It's not even out on phones yet. So I won't get to play that game until next year, whereas you can play it right now. It's crazy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in two days? Next year's in two days. Oh, next year's in two days. Yeah, but The Room 2, who knows? It's far away. But, um, yeah, and you can watch anime on that thing, I bet. Yeah, that's that's, that's cool. I, I've actually been using my Vita for, like, video purposes now, just because I can. And it's kind of like, yeah, all right. And I'm watching, like, Futurama on there and stuff. It's kind of neat. But I don't have a tablet tablet, so this game yeah. console is going to do for now. But uh, gifts this year, um, a lot money. Which resulted in uh, this microphone. So that that I like that. 
I, I was happy about that. Um, uh, my sister actually went to some links to make sure that the gift made sense and stuff. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. I got a Wii U Pro Controller, so I can play, uh, per, you know, video Very games cool. on that thing. Yeah, you can that. play an actual video game now. That's Yeah, cool. we, can, we can play Mario 3D World co-op, like, properly, without D-pads, because that's just nonsense for a 3D platformer, so... That was uh that was pretty good. Um yeah, you know, so like chocolate nice stuff. Bike. It looked a little weird from that angle. I just saw <laughs> that, that angle. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's <laughs> I sh- I po- I posted a picture on uh Twitter. You said it made it look small though, compared to when you actually saw it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's that's... nice though. It's the Yeti. It's a blue microphone. Blue Yeti. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. USB. Um I, I think it's doing its job pretty well so far, but I don't know. I'm I'm happy with it. A uh, bunch of games, like, I, like well, I mean, money that resulted in games on Steam. I didn't get a bunch of games. People don't buy me games, which is probably good because I probably have them already. Or be like, why'd you buy this physically? I don't want this like this. Ugh. Um, what, what else was there? What did Amy? What was the? She got you some stuff too. Oh, the sweater Brittany's wearing. That was a, uh, yeah. My sister was very mindful about uh, her gift this year, so that that was cool. Cool. Um, yeah, it was mostly cards and money, though. Like grandparents, they just kind of play play it safe now, which uh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We ready to go? What about you? Next one here. What about you? I don't do. I don't do any of that. Oh, that just didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Oh right, Brittany got me a PlayStation Plus card. Nice. Oh, what? Oh, and the Hobbit, uh, the first one extended on Blu-ray. Sorry, (laughs) thank you. I filed that. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Also, an iPad's a great gift. Yeah, I I think you might get more out of an iPad than a Wii U, mainly because it's more expensive to buy an iPad than a Wii U. You can save up for a Wii U easier, so. There's that way lower barrier for entry, yeah. So cool, yeah. Okay, next question. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nathan. Uh, well, I guess during the vacation, I kind of got sick, so now I feel gross. But uh, now it's just reduced to just a cold, so now I'm feeling kind of blah. Don't worry, I I won't get any of you guys sick, I hope. Anyways, my question is... How have you spent New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever? Probably working, I guess. But, I don't know. I'm not really the biggest fan of New Year's. I mean, it's fun to stay up till midnight to watch the ball drop for 20 whatever year it is, but I don't know. I think it's too mainstream. I'm going to try to do it in Animal Crossing, though, so that's a one-up I have over Nathan, who probably won't even do much in Animal Crossing anyways. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Call me out. Oh, I've been laughing about it <clears throat> in my face. I know. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever heard her laugh or giggle, so uh, pretty happy to call you out there. Yeah, I saw a toy day happen on Britney's profile she was she was playing animal crossing yeah i haven't played animal crossing since halloween kind of bummed me out like missing out on stuff just kind of brought me down but uh 
Anyway, um, New Year's. I think the plan is to play board games. Like Sean That's is having New Year's a gathering. Eve, yeah. So th- I think the thing like that kind of for a while New Year's was cool because like oh man you get to stay till stay up till midnight and see the year tick over. At some point, staying up till midnight became such a not event that it is just kind of another day now, but it's a little weirder. Like just a little that is bit literally weird. happening in half an hour for us, and has I know, happened it's just like an hour and a half ago for other uh, people. Yeah, like it. Some of the magic is gone. We used to go to like big parties, and there was like big countdowns and all this, and then you know playing the Blues Brothers game on Super Nintendo. That just came to mind. We did that one time. I don't know what, but uh, yeah, it is. It is less of an event now. It's just kind of hang out somewhere, and then it's midnight, and then you probably stay up way past midnight. For a while, I was maintaining the tradition of playing Res every year. Yeah, I think I did that two or three years in a row, but I, that probably won't happen this year. That game's great though, and it's short. You can just jam through that thing. So, yeah, like for me tomorrow. I will be working, then coming home and probably cutting a few episodes of Game Dudes and then going to sleep for work the next day. That's, yeah, no event at all then. Yeah, I have work until like five or something. We close early. I didn't know businesses closed early for it. That's kind of cool. But, uh, yeah. Well, retail crazy. We don't at all. There will be someone there till one in the morning tomorrow as the next day, as every day. Thankfully, that's not me. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that is what's happening with us, I guess. So next. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nathan. Well, the uh, Game of the Year podcast I watched last Sunday was pretty interesting, I guess. Well, although I noticed the uh, stream kind of kept uh, lagging for me. I don't know if it was because of YouTube or because there was a hundred something people watching because, you know, they have that John guy, and John kind of attracts too many people to the stream and makes it too mainstream. And I'm not good with crowds, so I didn't really chat too much. But I did kind of burn some of John's fans, so that was pretty fun to do. I don't think they noticed too much, though. Anyways, the question is, hey, Nathan, how is the Splunky life going? Are you a pro at Splunky, or are you not a pro at Splunky, or are you aiming to be a pro at Splunky? Also, hey, Paul, have you played any games that are good as Splunky is to Nathan? I don't think anything in this world exists that's as good as Splunky is to Nathan, so no. So maybe GTA Five or Papers? What? I, yeah, what, maybe. Uh, no, but yeah, the amount of time I put into it and stuff. I, I don't know. Like, as I said, I kind of burnt out on it a little bit in the recent past. I, it'll probably get me again at some point. Like, I kind of want to be I, I want to beat that game. But yeah, right now I'm a, a kind of licking my wounds for a bit. It kind of kicked kick yeah. me around a little bit too much so you you were playing want, a decent amount of Splunky though i was just looking at your profile like 20 hours or something right yeah on steam keep in mind i bought it the day it came out on xbox as well yeah yeah so, so you've, you've lost yeah. some time yeah no it's easy to pick up and just listen to something and play which is good 
that's a good thing to have listening to a podcast or music or whatever and just playing that's what i like about it um i'm gonna go ahead and quickly say in the chat let me know how you burned some of his fans or whatever because i'm curious as to what that means and yeah. i know there's like a 20 second delay because of twitch being weird lately so i'll we'll keep talking until uh you tell us or whatever then we'll say it but um, yeah, and it's like we're getting too mainstream over on Top Town. That's weird. I didn't. Know I thought that, that was, was really funny. Yeah. yeah, getting too popular. This is this is like uh, what like what is this like the click or whatever that just like yeah. hates the jocks or whatever <laughs> in high school. Just like I, I mean both. So it's like this weird. Yeah, just self, like bouncing back and forth. Self depreciating thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. The question was primarily about Splunky, right? Was there another question in there? Or? Uh, about if there's any video games or that I've liked as much as you like Splunky. Okay. Um, Hearthstone. Dota 2. Um, in previous years, Resident Evil. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, I, I just want to also use this as a brief, like, I kind of forgot to talk about it, but... Um, the reason, like, the past couple days, anyway, I haven't been playing Spelunky is I've been getting way into this game called Cook, Serve, Delicious. Yeah, have, that came out a while ago this year. But it was, Yeah, it was about a year ago, I guess. I remember, uh, I think it was on 2012 Game of the Year Giant Bomb stuff. They were talking about it. Ryan like, Davis Warrior- loves it. Yeah, Warrior- Ryan Davis loves it. I was checking the developer's blog, and they have kind of a tribute to him. They actually have a burger in the game named after him. So I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. But that game is kind of scratching the same itch as like Tapper did, you know, like where you're just kind of like juggling all these customers, except it's way more complex. Like like the way they make use of like the entire keyboard to just kind of keep going through all these orders and stuff. Like I am really liking the gameplay loop and the feedback loop of that game. Like it and the music is awesome. Like I've been really, really liking that. So. I just wanted to kind of give that a little spotlight. Like, is it the new Spelunky? Who knows? We'll find out. Maybe I'll get that five-star restaurant. Also, it makes me a little nervous to think that, like, if by some chance we get, like, a splurge of people, like, we're just going to lose interest from all the people that have been decent enough to hang out forever. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> we'll lose Meowth. And it's just like, what? No. Meowth Hour like, is officially dead. You guys used dead. to be cool forget you guys and goes and makes a podcast to rival us she's just too hipster for us yeah into podcasts before they were good into people before they were known sort of thing oh no i gotta play play pokemon i know (laughs) won't be until next year at at this rate yeah funnier if i found it right now and beat it somehow. You just yeah. like look. You're just like, geez, there's something poking me in the back. Oh, it's Pokemon. Oh, crap, it was in the, it was in the couch this whole time. And then it's just like, I don't go to work tomorrow. I just marathon it. Just heart goal. I got to beat. I promised. But yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so stay tuned next year for game of the year discussions. Probably Pokemon for Nathan. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. But game of the year Pokemon heart gold. How does that even work? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, yep. Let's move on. Final question. Here we go. 
So I recently went to see uh, Catching Fire, Hunger Games 2, whatever you call it. I don't know. It wasn't really much of a fun movie for me to watch. I mean, it was good, but it didn't really fill me with as much excitement as movies like The Hobbiton. Well, I guess not, because that was the only one I was really excited for that was going to come out in the recent time span. But yes. So, uh, have any of you saw any movies that kind of left you with that feeling of, eh, eh, it was good, but I don't see why people are so excited for this movie. Because that's pretty much how I feel with The Hunger Games. Most of anything Will Ferrell has been in, for the most part. Okay. A lot of people love, a lot, like, uh, Step Brothers. I don't know why people quote that movie. I don't get it, I guess, at all. What do they quote from Step Brothers? I don't know. That's the thing. I've so- I saw it once and didn't think it was good enough to watch again, let alone to remember any lines from. Like, I liked it, but I'm trying to think. Like, Boats and Hoes, ha- maybe? The Hangover? Yeah. <laughs> that 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 was weird. Like, yeah, that got bigger than it needed to. But uh, like, I thought I thought it was good. I didn't. Think yeah, I like Zach Galifianakis, great. and it was, it was yeah. okay. But I, yeah, and I he know. was kind of in it. Yeah, he was kind of in it. Alan, you know, classic character at this point, I guess already. Four years now. That's too soon. Um, I don't know if there's if there's really been one this year. Like Drive was one for me that was like, what are you guys talking about? This is okay, but oh, uh, so yeah, I I get this quite a lot. I didn't see the new Hunger Games movie. I heard it was okay, but like I heard it was great. Actually, people were like, oh man, if you like that first one, you need to check this out. And I just I don't know. It just didn't work out, and I just kind of didn't care enough to like make an ultimatum like no i need to see this you can't see this without me so yeah Brittany saw it yeah she liked it there you um, go (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think if there was really one this year that uh like just i felt meh about like wolf of wall street i was angry at so that's a totally different reaction um Hmm. Yeah, I think this year I finally got to the point where, like, if I really just didn't care going in, I would, I like, I wouldn't see it. Like Thor two, don't care, didn't see it. So I'm gonna try to do that more going forward. New, new, new Captain yeah. America, probably not gonna see it. Like, just yeah, because who cares? I probably care. might see it, but that's because I liked the first movie a lot. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping they, they go with that angle where it's kind of like a more serious worldly problem with like a super soldier type dude as the main character i'm okay with that more so than a god that fell from heaven fixing human problems like i don't know but yeah um i think we're going to see catching fire this weekend or something so i might be able to report back on that on how you felt like, about it? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, it's like over the course of the whole year, was there really nothing I walked out of and shrugged? Maybe I forgot about it. Gangster yeah. Squad. Oh, Gangster Squad. 
was yeah. You hate a gangster. You hate a gangster squad. Yeah, I don't think anyone really was championing gangster squad though. So it, it wasn't kind of the you know everyone loves this movie, and I was just kind of like eh. Like it was just kind of I think everyone kind of went eh and forgot about it. Like I literally forgot about it until Brittany just mentioned it. So yeah. Okay. Well. Thank you again, as always, for the questions. And if other people wanted to do that, this is how you could probably go about doing it. Got a question or comment for the show? You can email us at podcast at pixelresponse.com or leave a voicemail using the voicemail feature on the right side of the main page. On Twitter, you can reach Nathan at Krasnor and Paul at Exposure. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepixelresponse and visit pixelresponse.com for more. It's that simple. It looked like you were about to say something that you remembered maybe a movie. I I remembered actually a TV show I started watching this week, but I think it's a little early to report. But it's still kind of interesting, so I'll just go ahead. Um, It's called On the Air... And it is a series that was canceled really, really quickly that David Lynch worked on in 1992. Okay. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm a big David Lynch fan, so this might not be of interest to pretty much anybody. And judging by the number of YouTube views, a lot of people don't care. But I've, I'm still just like, oh, wow, I didn't know this existed, and now I'm able to watch all of it. I need to watch this, and I'm finding parts of it kind of awesome and just kind of like a context of david lynch's stuff and like there's a lot of people from twin peaks in it that is just like oh weird like it's just like it makes season two of twin peaks make more sense to me because it's like oh they were already busy working on a new idea like they didn't care for most of it (laughs) you know like it's helping my own personal timeline of david lynch's career and it is a dumb like 23 minute like uh sitcom comedy but really dumb and weird in the way David Lynch and Mark Frost do things. So yeah, Uh, at the very least, like the first episode is directed by David Lynch and has some very Lynch moments in it. So I was like, I feel I've already gotten kind of something out of that. And yeah, it's just on YouTube. Like uh, it started going around on some movie blogs and stuff. It's just like, Oh weird. This is on YouTube. And that's where I caught wind of it. And it's just like, Oh sweet. I'm going to watch all this right now. Uh, Suspect 29, I think, is the channel. Suspect with a K. So. Oh, edgy. Yeah. Um, cool, cool on that guy for having it. It's like got uh, some manner of Asian subtitles on it. But uh, it, I don't know how he has all of it because like the first two episode episodes aired. The third one got preempted like in most of the territories in the U.S. And after that, the other four episodes never aired anywhere. Well. In its initial run. So I guess it must have aired in like Japan or something eventually. But yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It was just like, it's like I found a video artifact that I didn't know existed from like 20 years ago. It's just like, oh, wow, we unearthed like the secret bonus stuff from Twin Peaks. And I'm just like, oh, so yeah. Can I recommend you a show to check out that's on Netflix? Yeah. It's called Misfits. Okay. Yeah. Just check it out. Is it animated or do you not no. want to tell me what's about? Okay. Oh, it's a show about 
a bunch of uh, degenerate kids uh, get superpowers while they're doing uh, community service and basically become weird superheroes. Like, not superheroes so much, but they have powers and they are trying to kind of cope with that sort of thing. And other people have gotten powers from this, like, lightning storm or something that happened as well. So they're kind of going head-to-head with some weird characters that, like, can do weird things. And they're... Some of the superpowers are just kind of (laughs) lame. It's... I don't know. It's good. It's a... I don't know if it was BBC or Channel 4. It was one of the UK-type series... So, like, each season is only, like, six episodes or something, but they're the 40-minute long ones. I think you might enjoy it. But either way, you should watch it whenever you have a chance, because I think uh, the Spaghetti Cast guys want to do a spoiler cast, and they would like us to come on if we've seen all of it. How how much is there, sorry? Like, did you say how many episodes? Season 5, I think, is the last one, and the last episode aired in december here or something like at the beginning of december and each season has six or seven episodes or something oh, okay it's like it's a ink like a uk based show so each season is short okay but yeah so kind of like know. uh yeah like how i watched three seasons of it crowd in like a week because it's 18 episodes or like yeah a season in like a day yeah yeah if you're if you're dedicated yeah so okay yeah also how do you feel about doing like a like a movie club sort of segment where like we could just be like watch this for the next week and we can talk about it in theory that's that's always fine it's just like making it happen you know like setting aside time and stuff but uh but like I would have said, like, Game Club, but that's impossible. There's no way we can, like, play through a 60-hour game or something. Maybe or like Even, like, a 10-hour game. Like, it's just kind of demanding, you know? Like Yeah, but, like, a movie or something is only two hours at the very most. Yeah, maybe like, just make sure it's, like, really readily available, like it's on Netflix. Well, Netflix, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's just like, hey, check this out on Netflix this week. And it's like, all right. Yeah. And I guess we yeah. could safely say American Netflix, because a lot of the people that listen are American. Or, so they could join well, it too. I guess so. Yeah, I was gonna say either because like every every so often, like it's like, man, I really want to watch Hackers, and then you type it into American Netflix, and they're like, nah, son. And then you go to Mozilla and check Canadian Netflix, and it's like, yeah, sweet, we got your back. So every now and then, Canada comes through. They have something awesome. But um, yeah. Also, Meowth really loved that one segment we did where we analyzed your angry tweets. <laughs> So she wants you to tweet more angry stuff so we can do that. She's consistently said this to me on Twitter and just said in the chat. Did I not say anything snarky or angry about Wolf of Wall Street? I mean, you did, but maybe I just was like, oh, okay, whatever, when I saw them because we did Game Dudes, so that's coming. And (laughs) That's right. You spoke a lot about it in about three or four of the first episodes that are coming back. Right, so stay tuned in January for my actual first gut reaction thoughts on Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> They're even yeah. rougher. It's great. They are. Oh, man. But yeah, that's coming back, so there's that. It sure is. That was <sighs> fun. 
that was fun. Next time, like, I don't want to sound like that guy, but it would be nice to play a game together next time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we will have to do Silent Hill 2 now, though, because I think the reason why we chose Silent Hill 1 is because you hadn't played any of them except for Shattered Memories. Yeah. So yeah. start at the beginning and then eventually so you get So you'll have to do... We'll do two. Like, you'll do two and I'll watch. We'll do that again. But I think the next one should be somewhat two-player in some way. I okay. Think. Like a proper co-op thing or, like, play some Monaco or get some Payday on or something? Sh- sure, I guess. Get, get our uh, Gary's Mod going. Yeah. And, of course get in the D. Also, some of the achievements in Spelunky demand multiple players, so if you want to go down that path... I think I'm at a point now where if we catch me at a good time where I want to be serious about it, we could do a really good playthrough. Okay. Because I feel I feel confident in what I can do in that game. It's just that when I start playing with other people, I kind of just want to fuck with them. <laughs> so, it's like, I had that. three on the spikes. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're already mad talking about it again. Yeah. Pretty angry. Oh, man. But yeah, that is the end of 2013. Do you want to say anything in closing about the year? Um, Random Access Memories. Album of the year. So good. That's right. We'll see you all next year. Life uh, finds a way. Sure does, Jeff. Sure does.